Morning, everyone. This is Rob McDougall with Zank Financial with your weekly economic update. Today is Monday, March 13th, 2023. So the update today is going to be quite different than we've done in the past, all because of the events last week with Silicon Valley Bank uh, in Silicon Valley that was taken over by the FDIC on Friday. So instead of going through the economic data from last week in depth and showing you charts and showing you economic data coming out this week and charts with that. We'll briefly hit on it, but the real topic of the day, obviously, is the impact of what happened to Silicon Valley Bank. And we don't know a lot right now, so we'll just tell you what we know. We'll try to keep you updated. So instead of just doing this daily podcast, if there are any updates that are newsworthy over the next week, just do a special podcast. We'll alert you via your client service managers. I'll send out alerts for that. Then we're also, for Zank Financial uh, clients, we're going to do a webinar next week, Wednesday. That's March 22nd. Uh, we'll do that at noon Eastern time. We'll also send out an email with an inv- invitation for that uh, within the next hour or two. So what happened last week? Forget the economic data. It's really Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, This was uh, an amazingly successful bank, Silicon Valley-based. They were the 16th largest bank in the U.S. And I personally know of this bank in that uh, I managed mutual fund monies for 20 years, and my fund used to own this bank, so I got to know it a little bit. And it really was an amazing success story and so different than virtually any other commercial bank in the market in that Silicon Valley Bank was the really the bank to all of the large tech firms in Silicon Valley, but also to the venture capital and buyout firms. So what really made it distinct was with that market niche, they didn't do a lot of lending. So their loan-to-deposit ratio was very low, but they were huge on taking in deposits. They would then take those deposits and invest in higher-yielding securities. So this bank has done an amazing job, grown very rapidly, and looked to be extremely well-managed until last week. So what happened? How did this bank fall apart within really a 48-hour period? It really just started last Wednesday. Um, The real issue for Silicon Valley Bank is entirely 180 degrees different than what happened in 2007, 2008 with the banking crisis. Back then, the origins of that crisis was the mortgage market and the fact that banks got carried away and would lend at loan-to-values of 110, 120% of property value. And as we all know, that ended very poorly. With Silicon Valley Bank, the issue is the deposit side, and that is also going to be an issue for a number of other banks. And really, the origin of what happened to Silicon Valley Bank is because of what has happened with interest rates and the Federal Reserve hiking rates, but particularly in as quick a fashion as they have over the last year. So this is really unintended consequences, unforeseen consequences of that Fed rate hike. So the way it works for banks is if they have bonds on their portfolio, if they're going to hold those bonds to maturity and don't want to take a loss of interest rates rise, they deem them to be held um, till maturity. They don't have to then take an accounting loss. They just let that uh, security mature, and they never show a loss on it. Well, Silicon Valley Bank had taken in an amazing amount of deposits over the last two years, and in fact doubled uh, 
They've taken all the deposits in. They can't lend the money out. So what they did was invested it in U.S. Treasuries and particularly U.S. mortgage-backed securities. So when the Fed raised rates as they have over the last really nine months, it decreased the value of those bonds on Silicon Valley's balance sheet, but they didn't have to disclose that. They didn't have to take or realize those losses. What happened was uh, depositors got became a little bit shaky about Silicon Valley. And really, I think it started because U.S. Treasuries were starting to show such a nice yield, and we've done that for our clients, but many of you into individual U.S. Treasuries or bond funds. So Silicon Valley depositors started doing the same thing, pulling their money out that was paying nothing on deposits so they could earn something elsewhere. Because uh, investors or depositors took their money out of Silicon Valley Bank, Silicon Valley Bank was forced to sell some of those mortgage-backed securities. And last week, they sold $21 billion of those securities and took a $1.75 billion loss on them. That was a realized loss, took their capital levels below the threshold set by the FDIC and the Federal Reserve, putting them in a very precarious position. So starting Wednesday last week, their stock price sank dramatically. They then tried to attract additional capital to offset the loss that they had to take, but they ran out of time. On Friday, the FDIC stepped in, took over the bank, and the FDIC has now said they will make depositors whole for uh, any Silicon Bank um, depositor, and they will not do anything for shareholders. So if you invested in the bank, you're out of luck, but depositors will be made whole. So this is a very unique circumstance. Obviously, the Federal Reserve and the FDIC is worried about this spreading, and the issue is really the same for there are a number of regional banks that sort of have the same issue. Uh, So if there is a deposit run on any of these banks that have these very huge positions with unrealized losses on them, it could end up just like Silicon Valley put pressure on the stock and it could wind down just the Silicon Valley. So um, we think this situation is obviously entirely different than 2007, 2008, but we'll have to admit that it does have the potential to become a large issue for the U.S. banking system. So that's why the markets have responded so poorly last week and as we sit here on Monday this week. So what is the takeaway from it? Well, we don't know what the impact is going to be. We don't know what other banks are going to be hit. We know one other already, Signature Bank out of New York. Same thing has happened. Deposit run. FDIC has taken over. FDIC will pay the depositors, but not the investors. We don't know how far this spreads. But the one uh, response from the federal government that was also um, not expected, I think, is the Federal Reserve with their rate hikes. We talk about this every week. Uh, There's a Fed meeting on the 23rd of this month. We show you the probabilities every week of what investors are expecting that rate hike to look like. Coming into this quarter, people thought it'd be 25 basis points. As we got inflation data, and we have inflation data tomorrow with the CPI, but when we received inflation data three weeks ago, Investors freaked out a little bit with inflation a little higher than expected. 
So the expectation was the Fed was going to get even more aggressive and hike 50 basis points on March 23rd. Uh, chances are that's not going to happen. In fact, the rate uh, probabilities for that 50 basis point hike on the 23rd went to zero because of Silicon Valley Bank. So now there's a 78% probability built into the Fed Fund's future that we'll get only a 25 basis point hike on the 23rd, but also now there's a 22% probability there will be no hike and we'll stay at the 4.5 to 4.75 range that we're currently at. So investors now believe that the terminal rate or the ending average rate for Fed funds one week ago, that was approximately 5.5%. Today, it's under 4.8%. So investors think the Federal Reserve definitely is going to have to step back from the rate increases. If you've been watching our podcast, including last week, we often talk about the fact that we would like to see the Fed slow or halt their increases because we really felt the impact um, of those previous rate increases from 0 to 4.5% on Fed funds had not fully flowed through the economy. We had mentioned, I think, just last week that the real estate sector had definitely been hit by it, but virtually no other segment. Manufacturing slowed for sure, but we really haven't seen that throughout the economy. So unfortunately, we had to have a Silicon Valley Bank situation to rise here, arise here, uh, for us to get what we had hoped for with the Fed. And we're not completely sure it's going to happen, but pretty sure the Federal Reserve is going to respond to this crisis. I'm sure they're going to um, make liquidity available for banks. It's going to be very critical. So we expect to see some of those moves during this week. But we also expect to see them move back from their aggressive stance in terms of raising the federal funds rate. So just a couple of, of things. Uh, GDP continues to be strong, maybe too strong, and that's why the Fed was looking like they were going to raise 50 basis points on March 23rd. Just last week, the Atlanta Federal Reserve slightly took down their estimate for first quarter GDP, but very slightly down 10 basis points. As of last week, Wednesday, when Silicon Valley became an issue, they still expected the U.S. economy to grow 2.6% here in the first quarter. Inflation expectations really took a dive last week after Silicon Valley, um, the stock started to hit hit on Wednesday. So the 10-year break-even, we talked to you about that every week. It had risen over the last three weeks to a level of 2.52%. That's the expectation for average inflation over the next 10 years. That dropped from 2.52% last week down to 2.26% last week. So investors are betting the economy will slow, that the Fed increases they've already enacted will slow the economy enough to uh, help bring down inflation in the near term so that we average only 2.26% over the next 10 years. So last thing to mention on this, again, I'm not going to go through the economic data from last week or this week. We have CPI tomorrow that will be important. Expectations are month over month it's going to be down versus the prior month. But the one thing I do want to stress for you, if you're a um, Zhang Financial client, uh, I know there might be concern over deposits, particularly what just happened with Silicon Valley Bank. But I just want to stress some of the differences um, of your deposits and Zhang Financial versus what we saw at Silicon Valley Bank. So Silicon Valley Bank and the depositor issue, 
those deposits are made to a commercial bank, which takes those deposits, bundles those up, either makes loans to corporations, individuals, or they put it into investments such as treasuries or mortgage-backed securities. Uh, Zeng Financial, your um, clients, your money is being held at either LPL or Charles Schwab in a segregated account, your account. Those monies are not taken. They're not reinvested. They're not at risk. You're under SIPC insurance, which is double what the FDIC insurance is. And um, you really don't have to worry about your cash balances that are sitting in LPL or Charles Schwab as being at risk. If you have money market funds uh, through us, we uh, just want you to know that we use only U.S. government money market funds. There are really two distinctions of money market funds, government and prime. Prime is lower quality, higher yielding, and if things get nasty as they did in 2008 and a money market fund is under stress with withdrawals, they can, in fact, they will have to then put gates, as it's called, around and restrict your ability to take money out. We don't use those. We use government money market funds, which means uninhibited uh, liquidity. So if you want your money, if we need to cash out any of your money markets, we can do it. There will be no issues with that. I'll just end by saying in terms of the impact of um, Silicon Valley Bank or Signature Bank or any other bank that goes under during this next week, we just don't put individuals in individual stocks uh, of small cap stocks such as this at all. Sometimes we use large cap stocks. Very seldom do we ever use small caps. So the hit to uh, Zeng Financial clients from what happened at Silicon Valley Bank is de minimis. So if you have a U.S. total market fund in your portfolio, Vanguard or Schwab or a DFA, they'll have a little bit of exposure, but virtually nothing. So one I know in particular is DFA's Core Equity 2, which we use in many portfolios, uh, has seven basis points, had seven basis points of exposure to Silicon Valley Bank. So virtually nothing, you're not really going to see any difference, no hit from that. So that is a good thing. So to recap on that, your cash is fine. Money market, we use government money markets. We don't have any direct investment to Silicon Valley Bank or Signature Bank. So recap by saying uh, we don't know enough right now as to how this is going to unfold. But if anything happens during this week that we deem highly significant, we'll get on, we'll do another podcast, push that out to you. If that doesn't happen, then we hope to see you as Zing Financial Clients next Wednesday at noon when we do a webinar and do a deeper dive into what happened at Silicon Valley Bank and what it means for all of us as investors. So sorry for the kind of dour news today, but wanted to get this in front of you. If you have questions, concerns, let your client service manager know, but just be assured that we're certainly keeping track and seeing what's happening and uh, managing risk, I think, in a very tight fashion. So thank you very much. We hope to see you next week, if not sooner.